So on Chelik Yedalef, Mishpatim Beis, this is an unbelievable sicha. The Rebbe in his classic style, the way he approaches a Rashi, takes apart the words of Rashi, and over here this Rashi is discussing the word Im, spanning over many different psukim and teira, and the Rebbe explains how Rashi's words are so precise, and Rashi is explaining many different details regarding this Indian. So let's start with the Pasuk and the Parsha here. Im Kesef Talve, the teira is telling you the mitzvah, of lending money, but it uses the term im, if. And Rashi says in the name of Rabbi Shmuel that it's not if, but over here it's an obligation. So the Rebbe says that why is Rashi only clarify this over here and in another two places, one regarding Vimizbeach Havanim and the other regarding Minchas Bikurim. The Rashi himself says that there are other instances where the im in the Pasik means an obligation and not voluntary. So, so why is Rashi only say it here if there's another two cases, Im Kaifer Yushasalov, and another one is Im Ayoyvul, which over there it also is an obligation. So why did Rabbi Shmuel only, only say three? Furthermore, the Rabbi brings other examples where it's clear that the Pasik is when it says the term Im is not voluntary, but an obligation, like Im Shamayatishmu, Mbukhakaisitelechu, Im Taitif Se'ais, in all those cases, it's also things that are definite, not voluntary. And nevertheless, Rashi doesn't include them. And then the Rebbe, in his classic fashion, says when Rashi brings a Pasik and he quotes the words, whatever he quotes is precise. Rashi brings the words as Ami as well. When, when Rashi brings the name Rabbi Shmuel, even though most of his Pirushim and Tayri doesn't bring the name, it's also precise. So there's a reason why Rashi brings the name. What's the Pshat over here? And similarly, the Rebbe asks some questions in the Rashi in the end of Parshish Yisra, which also quotes Rabbi Shmuel. And the question over there that Rebbe focuses on is, when it comes to the two psukim regarding the Mizbeach Havanim, and when it comes to the Pasuk of Mkesef Talve, Rashi proves that they are an obligation. And therefore it must be that Im is obligatory and not voluntary. When it comes to the Pasuk regarding the Minchas Oimer, Rashi doesn't bring any Pasuk to prove that. What's the difference? And then Rashi says, look at the Pasuk that he brings regarding, the Rebbe says, look at the Pasuk that Rashi brings regarding Mizbeach Havanim. There's a specific Pasuk Rashi brings, which is Avanim Shleimais, that you should build Avanim Shleimais. Rashi does not bring an earlier Pasuk. There's a specific reason for that. And over here as well, Rashi brings the name of Rabbi Shmuel. There's also a reason for that. So the general point that the Rebbe makes over here in the Sikha is that when Rabbi Shmuel said this rule that Im means Rishos in all places in Teireh, besides three cases that are Yaitzim and Aklal, and they mean Chayva, they're an obligation, Rabbi Shmuel was only speaking about such cases where it's in the realm of being either voluntary or obligation. It could be explained either way. And Rabbi Shmuel comes to clarify that in most cases it's voluntary and in three cases it's rishos. But in such cases where it's clear that it's in the terms of it, it should be explained as if or im, which means if, in, the story, in a storyline, or it's clear that it it's, has a different interpretation. And even though it's a definite thing, that the Pasuk is speaking about, and it's not the regular im, that doesn't come into what Rabbi Shmuel was talking about. Rabbi Shmuel wasn't coming to clarify those cases. So the Rebbe brings some examples. Im alechem im behema, im ish. In those cases, the word im would mean only, or whether, whether, I, I, whether an animal, whether a human being, those im are cases that are definite things, but it's not part of what Rabbi Shmuel was talking about. Similarly, the Rebbe says, 
if the Pasuk is speaking about something, and even if that concept in the Pasuk is something which is an obligation, but as long as the obligation was mentioned in the Torah earlier already, or we have prior knowledge of this obligation, so then when the Torah uses the term im over here in the context of this Pasuk, the reason is because it's not introducing the mitzvah for the first time. It's just coming to add a detail. It's coming to say regarding the mitzvah, if you'll do so and so, then so and so will happen. And the Rebbe says, like by the case of Cain, of course he was obligated to do tshuva. But in the context of the Pasuk, when it says by Cain, im teitiv se'eis, what the Pasuk is coming to say to Cain is, that if the, why are you so upset? It's all in your hands. If you'll do tshuva, everything will be fine. So the meaning of the word im over here, even though it's talking about something which is an obligation, it's voluntary, it's in his hands. And similarly, of course it's talking about something which is an obligation. But that we know already prior. We know that it's a mitzvah. Here the Pasuk is coming to add the reward that there will be, or the vihiyisam segula that will be. So therefore the Rebbe says, the three cases that Rabbi Shmuel spoke about is speaking about such psukim where... It's possible to explain it as voluntary, and it's possible to explain it as an oblig obligation. And the Torah is telling me something which is an obligation, as we know from other places, and this is the first time the Torah is introducing it. And therefore Rabbi Shmuel comes and clarifies, so let's start with Mkesef Talva. Over here he comes to clarify, don't think that Mkesef Talva is voluntary. And the beginning of this Pasuk is just the introduction to the Hemshech of the Pasuk where it talks about the Isra of Ribis. No, since this is the very first time that the Torah is introducing lending money and it's a mitzvah, so the Im over here must be a mitzvah. The same thing also with building a Mizbeach Avonim. It's not just an introduction to the second half of the Pasuk where it says Leisivna and Gazis. Since this is the very first time that the Torah is saying that you're building a Mizbeach Havanim and it is a mitzvah, so over here the Torah is saying a chayva, that you must build it. And the same thing is also in the third scenario regarding the Minchas Aimer. So the point is that Rabbi Shmuel comes to clarify in a case where it could go either way and over here we're forced to say that it's a chayva because this is the very first time that the Torah spoke about it and it, doesn't, it never said it before, so it has to be a chayva. The Rabbi continues to explain that this is why when it comes to Gemil's Chasadim and Mizbeach Havanim, Rashi has to clarify and bring you the source where the Torah says that it's a chayva. Because Rashi wants, wants to tell you that those psukim are written later on in Parshish Kisave and in Parshish Re'eh. So over here in Parshish Yisra and in Parshish Mishpatim, we don't know yet that it's a mitzvah. This is the very first time that the Torah is saying it. If so, we, we must say that over here the Torah is saying it is an obligation. So Rashi has to clarify because I would have thought that maybe Gemilas Chasadim was mentioned before by Avraham Avinu. It says, Lamana Shitzavas Ban of Beisay and then Lassis Tzedakah. Mizbeach Havanim as well. It does mention by Yaakov Avinu that he built a Mizbeach Havanim. So maybe I would have thought that we know already this from before. So when it says over here, Im, it's just coming to add a detail to what we already know before and therefore it is voluntary. So therefore Rashi has to clarify, no. We only know it from what it says later, not from what Avram did or from what Yaakov did. By Mincha Sa'aymer, it's obvious that we don't know it from anywhere before, so it's not necessary to clarify. Then the Rebbe explains that when it comes to the two psukim of Im that it says by Yoival and Im that it says by Kaifer, the actual translation of the word Im is similar to the three that Rabbi Shmuel spoke about, which is that it's definite and it's an obligation or it's a fact that will happen. But it's still not in the category of what Rabbi Shmuel was speaking about, as we said before, which is something that we could be interpreted either, either as voluntary or as an obligation. Why not? Because when it comes to Yoival, it's obvious that it can't be voluntary. 
It's not something that might happen. The 50th year of the Yavel happens. It's the time that happens. So therefore, that's not included in what Rabbi Shmuel was talking about. The same thing or similar by Kaifer, the Rebbe says, when the Teda comes and gives the obligation of Kaifer, this is a, applying to an instance which is extremely unusual. So when the Teda gives this mitzvah, it's not something that you could say that the Teda has now placed an obligation upon you. It's something that hasn't happened and something which is very unusual to happen. So therefore it can't fall under the category of chayva. However, the translation of the word im over there as well is that if it happens, it will be a chayva. So therefore Rashi could bring them as examples and compare them to what Rabbi Shmuel said, but it's not included in the three that Rabbi Shmuel was speaking about. The Rebbe goes on to explain that Rashi is, further clarifies and proves that the Pasuk over here must be a chayva and not voluntary. Rashi quotes S. Ami from the Pasuk to say that we're talking about lending money to another Yid, which is a mitzvah. Rashi clarifies with that, we're not talking about lending money to a guy, which is only voluntary. Then the Rebbe says a beautiful pshat why it brings over here Rabbi Shmuel, because there would be room to say, based on what Rashi himself said earlier, by the parasha of the man, Rashi quoted over there that Yirmiya tells Yidin that you don't have to work for a living. You can sit and learn Al-Tayra all day and Hashem will take care of all your needs like He gave you the man and He showed them the man to prove it to them. So from that Rashi would seem that a person doesn't have to work for a living at all and Hashem provides them everything just like it's provided by the man and He never has to borrow money if that's the case. If so, maybe we could say that a person doesn't need and has to borrow money from you, maybe this is not something which is an obligation. This person didn't conduct himself the way Taita expects from him, so maybe this is not an obligation to lend him the money. And also, this is something which is very unusual. We should expect that every year should follow what Taita says. So if it's something which is unusual, this can't be defined as an obligation now. So therefore, the Rebbe says, Rashi brings Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel's opinion in the Gemara is, when the Pasuk over there, Vasafta de Genecha, and Layamish Sefer Atayra Zemi Picha, Rabbi Shmuel says that a person has to go out and to work. Hanik Bem Ninik Derecheretz. And you have to make Malachtoi Kva, and Malachtoi Aray, that is, and Terosei Kva. So therefore, Rabbi Shmuel's opinion is that a person does have to go out and to work. And therefore, although it's true that if a person works off Pitaira and does everything the way Hashem wants, he won't have to ever borrow money, but because we're expecting of the Yid to go into the means of nature, it's very difficult for a person to be careful not to get too absorbed into the means of nature. And therefore, it's common and it's, it could happen that a person will have to borrow money. And therefore, when the Titus says borrowing money, it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to lend money to everybody because this is something which is possible to happen and it's not so easy to be careful with because we follow the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel that says that a person should go out into the world and work to make a parnasah. That's why Rashi quotes the name Rabbi Shmuel. Why does Rashi quote the name of Rabbi Shmuel in Parshas Yisrael? Because over there in Parshas Yisrael, the Pasuk says, V'im is be'achavonim, with a vav. That would indicate maybe that the Vav is connected to the previous Pasik. The previous Pasik says it talks about the Mizbeya Chadoma. So maybe this Pasik Havanim is a continuation of the previous Pasik. What would be the continuation? So there Rashi has two Pshatim. What does Mizbeya Chadoma mean? One Pshat is it should be positioned on the ground, not uh, elevated off the ground on beams. The second shot Rashi says is that the hollow interior should be filled with stones and, uh, or sorry, should be filled with uh, sand and earth. And then, and then if that's possible, so now if we're going to follow the second opinion that it's talking about filling the hollow interior, we could say that the im is chavonim would maybe be referring also to the hollow interior, how to fill the hollow interior. And if that you fill it with stones, it should not be gauzes. 
But according to the first pshat that Rashi said there, that it's talking about the position of the Mizbeach, that it should be on the ground and not above, not uh, uh, off the ground, this Pasuk cannot be a follow-up to the previous Pasuk. So ve'im is not a follow-up. If it's a follow-up, then you could say ve'im means if. If you fill it with uh, stones and not with earth, so then ve'im would still be voluntary. But if it's not a follow-up to the previous Pasuk, then ve'im is a new obligation that the Torah is saying to build a Mizbeach out of Avonim, and it's not connected to the Mizbeach that the Eden had in the Midbar. It's a Mizbeach they're obligated to build in Eretz Yisrael. So it's Rabbi Shmuel. It's Rabbi Shmuel's opinion that the Pshat in the previous Pasuk is talking about the position of the Mizbeach and not the hollow interior of the Mizbeach. So it's specifically according to Rabbi Shmuel that we can't say that our Pasuk is a continuation of the previous Pasuk. But the Rebbe then adds an, an, a further point. Maybe you could still argue and say that when it says ve'im mizbeach avonim, it's still something which is voluntary because maybe when the Torah gave the, the mitzvah to build a mizbeach, maybe it, 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 with avonim that is, maybe avonim includes you have an option. It could be from stones or it could be from bricks. And over here when the Torah says ve'im mizbeach avonim, what it's saying is if you choose to make it out of stones and not out of bricks, then you should make it out of natural stones and not uh, cut stones. Maybe that's the pshat. So we could still say that it's voluntary. Therefore, Rashi specifically quoted the pasuk of Avonim Shleimois because Avonim Shleimois means natural stones, the way Hashem created them. There we see that bricks is not an obligation, not, not an option for the mizbeach. So therefore, we know that when it says over here im mizbeach Avonim, it's not a choice that the person makes. He must build it with Avonim. So im is obligatory. Then the Rebbe brings that in general there are many places in Teireh where Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva argued certain psukim that it's not clear if it's a Rishos or a Chayva and Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva argued about that if it's a Rishos and a Chayva. Rabbi Shmuel's opinion was that all of them are Rishos. Rabbi Kiva's opinion was that all of those cases that are not clear are a Chayva. So the Rebbe says Rashi is bringing the name of Rabbi Shmuel to clarify to you that Rabbi Shmuel's statement regarding these three cases is not just simply that it makes more sense to say that these three cases are a Chayva. Rabbi Shmuel really holds that in all of Teireh even when it's unclear we say that it's a, that it's a Rishos. These three cases that are exceptions is because there's proof that's forcing us to say that it's a chayva, as the Rebbe so beautifully explained over here in the Sikha, the Rebbe explored all our options and showed us how we must say that it's a chayva. Then the Rebbe finishes off with Yenish al Taita, that the, we, look, we take a look at the two personalities, Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Shmuel was a Kayin Gadol, and Rabbi Shmuel was a person that his Aveda was the Aveda of Tzadikim. Rabbi Kiva was an individual that was a descendant of Gedim, and he himself only began learning Taita later on in his life, and his Aveda was the Aveda of Tshuva. And therefore the Rebbe brings the Vart of the Magid, that when it comes to a tzaddik, a tzaddik doesn't have to have such a zihirus, doesn't have to be so careful because of any tendency that he would have to go into any negative place. And therefore a tzaddik could say regarding, uh, for example, eating chazer, that efshi, it would be possible for me to eat it, and the only reason I don't eat it is because it's a decree from Hashem. By a Balchuva though, which which has this tendency to go back to his old ways, he has to be more careful and he has to protect himself. So therefore the Rebbe says the same applies over here regarding the Shus and Chayva. Rabbi Shmuel, which was a Tzaddik, his approach is, the Tzaddik doesn't need extra zihiros, extra things to be careful with. A Tzaddik, his Aved is enough to do the Tariag Mitzvahs, those places that are clear that they are a Chayva. Those areas that are not so clear, they remain a Rishos. And then the Rebbe adds, even those things, even if they are a Rishos, 
we could expect that the tzaddik will do it anyways because he's a tzaddik. When it comes to the Balchuva, though, a Balchuva needs extra encouragement. He needs extra to be extra careful, and therefore, the Balchuva. Rabbi Kiva says that it's a chayva. Then all the places, even in the places that are unclear, we're going to make it a chayva to give the, the, the Balchuva extra zahiris to learn extra, like he brings from, from Yigeris HaTshuva, Raga Likres Da'af Echad Tzarech Likres Beis Da'afim to learn extra. The Rebbe concludes that from here we have a clear answer to those that say, in our generation, we're so much smaller and there's so much greater darkness than previous generations. And Dafka in our generation, does the revelation of Chassidus and the biggest secrets of Taira, does that make any sense? So the Rebbe says, but over here we see that it works the other way around. A person that has a tendency or there's a, to, to evil or there's a darkness or there's an obstacle that you have to deal with. So what do you do? You add more chayva. You, you learn extra. You, add, you bring more light into the world. So the same thing applies also to the revelation of Chassidus. The revelation of Chassidus comes in a time period when you have to have more power to fight back all the obstacles. And by spreading the wellsprings of Chassidus outward, the Rebbe concludes, Asimar do Malka Meshicha Bekarev Mamish.